Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. It is February 15th, 2022. I can't believe one year ago today, our house flooded. And all day on my stories, I have been posting before and after pictures. But at this time last year, our house was full of people. Shout out to Dalworth Restoration. Tons of different hoses sucking all the water out of every area of our first floor. And oh my gosh, I just remember thinking how annoying the next three to six months were going to be. So it's been quite a ride. It's been quite a year. I um, mentioned in my post this morning, my Instagram post, how this year really has been such a life lesson for me. Uh, just because I'm such a type A personality, OCD, you know, routine, schedules, everything needs to go according to plan. And of course, all of that went out the window one year ago today. And so when I think about the last 12 months, I mean, it it brings back so many like different types of emotions for me because I remember during that whole period of you know, moving things out and people at the house every day and being overwhelmed with choices of, you know, backsplash and countertops and paint colors and every last detail because we ended up really redoing more than our insurance covered. We added a bunch of things on to this project because we figured, you know what, we were eventually going to do it and we might as well like putting hardwood floors upstairs, which was like a dream of mine. Uh, So in hindsight, now that we're on the other side and I basically got a brand new house, everything is great. But (laughs) at the time, it was so overwhelming and my anxiety was through the roof because there was so much to think about. We literally went from one extreme to the other. Our alarm went off that morning, our house alarm, and it was making a different sound, not the normal sound you would hear if, you know, there was a door that opened on accident. You know, sometimes alarms are triggered, which is always the scariest, but it was a different sound coming from our alarm. And I remember when I took the corner and I looked down the hall where my studio was And then I opened our laundry room door and I saw the dogs and Piper's crate was like, there was an inch of water in her crate. My heart sank. And then my fight or flight mode kicked in because I looked into my studio and I could see all the water everywhere. And I just remember the first thing I had to do was get all the cables and wires up off the floor or all of my equipment would be damaged. And that also included me like frantically rolling my Peloton bike out of my studio and into our living room. And Stu thought I was insane for doing that. But you know what? Like in the back of my mind, I was already thinking so far ahead. I was like, I will go insane if I don't have my Peloton bike. If I don't have a place to work out in the middle of all of this chaos, I'm going to just freak out. So I'm like trying to like hustle my bike down the hall. Stu's grabbing like anything he can to try and get the water up off the floor. Uh, This was like the first major freeze Texas has ever had. I mean, in recent history, a few years ago, it got icy, but nothing like what was going on last year. And so as he's trying to like shovel water out the door, it's two degrees and 
the back door where I always let the dogs out, like over by our garage. If you watch me on stories, I'm always in and out of that section of the house. Um, the door like wouldn't even shut because it was so cold. It was frozen shut. Just so many things going through my mind. And then as I was like crawling all over the floor, thank God I didn't get electrocuted because wires were underwater. I just wasn't even thinking. I was trying to pull them all up and grab my my laptop and everything that I thought could you know, uh, be damaged by the water. I'm trying to pull it up on on higher ground and like stack things. And I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, like what are we going to do? Oh my, my house is freezing. Like the door was open. The kids had no idea what was going on. Ugh, I, I woke up this morning like with such a grateful heart because obviously now looking back at it, you know, and I'm so happy. We are just so thrilled with how everything turned out. We're not quite done yet. We have a few more things to do. And I am happy to report that our pot filler, which we ordered a year ago next month, is en route. Like we finally got the confirmation that it's coming to my house in the next day or two. Uh, this is the pot filler that will finally match my my uh, sink faucet. Because, you know, we can't be having mismatching metals. But anyway, uh, the last year has just taught me so much about patience and giving myself grace. You know, for a while, when the flood happened, we were back and forth with the insurance. Actually, it was really my husband, like Stu. I tell him all the time, God forbid anything ever happened to him. I would be so screwed. Like this man, he's just, oh, I don't know what I would ever do without him, seriously. Uh, he handled all of the insurance with with this project, which, you know, we literally just wrapped up a few months ago. We just paid Nick, our contractor, the remaining amount. But um, a lot of money transferring and checks being made. And thankfully, our insurance covered nine. I mean, they covered everything. Uh, we just paid for a couple of the extras that we figured, you know what? We're already tearing the house apart. We might as well just do X, Y, and Z. We want, we've been wanting to do it. Let's just do it. Last year, if you don't know and you're just tuning in or maybe you're like a new listener or a new follower, one, I'm sorry if I'm speaking with a lisp. I have my Invisalign in. In theory, it should be done with the Invisalign situation fairly soon. After this week, I will have about four weeks left. So I'm trying to wear them as much as possible because I will die a thousand deaths if Dr. Chad's like, I think you need to wear your trays another month. I will just die. My teeth are like legit claustrophobic at this point. Sorry, totally off the subject, but I wanted to explain why I'm speaking with a weird lisp. But anyway, if you're new to the podcast or to me, yes, um, a year ago today is when our house got flooded. And, you know, I don't know if I kind of went over the timeline. Well, I mean, y'all know the ones that have been around for a while. You know that it took a solid five months because the longest part of the whole process was waiting for Dalworth Restoration to get us packed out. We had to remove every single thing from our first floor. And while we were kind of going through the motions post-flood, we were back and forth about like doing an Airbnb, going into a hotel, or renting a house because... Initially, I was like, there's no way. I do not want to be living in the house when they are gutting it. I can't do it. I will just lose my mind. But the more I kept thinking about it, and my good friend Tanya, who was renovating her house at the same time, said, you know, it's actually really good to be there because 
if your contract's try, contractor's trying to get a hold of you or you've got like a painter or one of the other, you know, guys there, whatever, pulling your baseboards or installing new drywall and they have a question for you and you're not available or they can't get a hold of you right away, that can kind of like throw things off. After searching for what felt like forever, but I mean, in reality, maybe a week or two, we were trying to find either like an Airbnb or I, I wasn't too keen on the hotel living situation because we would have to bring the dogs and I just wasn't feeling that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be on a third or fourth floor having to walk the dogs down every day, three, four times a day. Like that was just kind of not in the realm of possibilities. We weren't really considering hotels, but we were hoping that we could at least find a rental house or maybe an Airbnb, but we couldn't find anything. Because also keep in mind, everybody in the area who was dealing with maybe not such an extreme flood like we had, but you know maybe their uh, electricity went out, which was happening to places all around us, all the cities around us were losing power. I had friends that didn't have power for a couple of days. Thankfully, I'm convinced after last year's whole debacle that we are attached to the firehouse grid because we only live a mile from the fire station. So I'm convinced that we are definitely on their electricity grid because we never lost power. And that was such a miracle because we had, at the end of the first day, air scrubbers, dehumidifiers. I think at one point I counted 27 blowing devices in the house. It was a huge wind tunnel for a week and a half. All the fans had to stay on because our whole first floor, I mean, our whole house now is hardwood floor with the exception of uh, the kids' bedrooms, but everything else is hardwood. Well, the water was all underneath the hardwood. So their biggest goal was trying to dry out the baseboards and underneath the hardwood. But within an hour of the house getting flooded, the floors were buckling. Like you would not believe. So I had to constantly remind the kids like, do not walk around with just your socks on. And they were always like sliding across the floor. And I told them, you cannot do that. You're going to get the biggest splinter of your lifetime if you do that. And there was just a lot going on. We ended up deciding, which honestly was my call to stay in the house because we couldn't find an Airbnb and we couldn't find, we weren't looking at a hotel and we couldn't find any rentals. All the rental houses around here wanted a year long commitment. And not that I don't think our insurance company would have paid. They told us over and over if we found a place, they would pay for it. But also a lot of the places that were available were so far from where the kids go to school and their activities. And we needed to stay local. So after talking to Tanya I really thought about it and I'm like, you know what? Maybe it is the better decision to stay here. We have enough room on the second floor. We have a huge, huge area um, where, you know, we have a whole game room. We have a, th- a theater room. Um, it's like an in-law suite really upstairs, like a mini kitchenette with a sink and microwave. And uh, we've got a refrigerator up there. And I just thought, you know, maybe we should stay here. That way, the kids can stay in their rooms. Stu and I will just stay in the guest room, and I can kind of keep an eye on everything and be around if Nick, our contractor, needed me. And honestly, that was the best decision. Really, it was, because I was fascinated to watch it all get redone, from pulling up all the hardwood floors and blowing out walls to redo the drywall, pulling out the insulation, 
redoing all the ceilings that like parts of the ceiling that that were damaged. It was incredible to see really how things are done. And I'll tell you, I have such respect for the people, the guys, the women out there that do this for a living, that do carpentry, that do woodwork, that install hardwood floors, that demo. I mean, it is a job. In the end, I'm so happy that we decided to stay because the kids were able to still sleep in their own rooms. We kept with our routine. I mean, even though everything was thrown off and me being so type A, I had to kind of just roll with the punches. I had to keep reminding myself, like, this is not going to be your normal summer, Lisa. Like, just let it go. Your house is about to be torn up. So just roll with the punches. Let me tell you how vulnerable I felt. Because we had all these random strangers in here going through all of our stuff. So we got flooded out on President's Day last year, February 15th. To give you an idea of why our project took long, but not even as long as some of the other people that I know got flooded out. Like I have friends that had to fly back on a red eye that Thursday of last year because they were in Hawaii. It was my friend Jen and her husband and their four kids. They were in Hawaii and her brother-in-law went to check on their house and, uh, I don't know, walked into a collapsed roof in their garage. So imagine getting that call. They were in Hawaii. Water had been sitting in their house for three or four days. By the time they got back, they flew into Dallas-Fort Worth that Friday morning at 7.30 in the morning. They get home and their house, I mean, they had so much water and it, it hadn't been touched since that Monday. And I think they just got back into their house in December of this year. So they were out longer than we were. So, you know, when I'm looking back at it all, we are so blessed and we lucked out with the timing of it all. And really, I think the stuff would have gotten done, our house would have been completed sooner if it wasn't that Dalworth was so busy last year at this time that the soonest they could pack us up and move every single last thing out of my first floor was on March 29th. These dates are so rock solid in my head. So we got flooded out on February 15th. And then March 29th is when Dalworth came out and packed everything. So between the 15th and March 29th, we were just living in these conditions. Now, thankfully, I was so quick to call Dalworth. We must have been their first call that Monday when we got flooded because it was at eight o'clock and I talked to a really nice girl at Dalworth and I told her like, my house is flooded the first floor. And within an hour and a half, they had a crew out here draining all the water. So the fact that we were flooded was definitely a blessing in disguise because I really feel like we were one of the first families to kind of get on the radar with Dalworth. And they treat fire, smoke, and water damage. And I have never dealt with a company that was so professional. I've never, ever dealt with a company quite like Dalworth Restoration. I cannot tell you enough how fantastic their staff was. I know last year when we were in the thick of it and I was doing Instagram stories every single day and kind of updating you guys. By the way, if you go to my main page, Lisa Page made me do it. On my Instagram main profile page, there are tabs that say like holy water home reno. And we ended up calling it that because really it was a blessing because we got an entirely new house out of the whole thing. Now in the moment, 
when I was pulling up my wires and rolling out my Peloton, I was cursing up a storm and I couldn't stop thinking about what the coming months were going to be like. But now that I'm sitting in my like bougie studio and we redid it the way I wanted to, ah, oh, it's so satisfying. But uh, that's not to say that in the middle of it, there were not times of just like total mental breakdowns, emotional breakdowns, more on my part. Uh, the kids kind of really weren't bothered by any of it, honestly. Uh, and that was another reason why I'm glad that we stayed at the house too, because not only were we able to kind of keep our routines somewhat normal, but we were also, you know, close to all of their activities the baseball fields where Zach's practicing, Ainsley's tumbling, all the camps, and another huge upside of staying at the house rather than going to a hotel or we never found an Airbnb. But if we were to find an Airbnb was the fact that we had like a pool. So we were still able to use our outdoor living space, which was pretty awesome. We even had a couple little barbecues in the middle of all of this re-gutting uh, but I'm looking back at this day and I'm thinking like, man, we really came very far. And I'm so happy that before this whole racket, I had a therapist in place in my life because Jessica helped me get through some of the tougher weeks. And not only were we dealing with the weight of the whole house thing and being on the phone with you know, insurance adjusters and back and forth with the Dalworth Restoration people and making decisions for what floor we're going to go with and all these crazy things that would affect, obviously, long-term us living in the house. But we were also dealing with a family member that took a lot out of us emotionally, Stu and I, um, just trying to get them to a facility. It, it was a whole long story, but there was a lot more going on besides this renovation that we were kind of dealing with. It was just a year. And I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that the last 12 months have really taught me to not be so psychotic about things and that I cannot control the outcome of every situation, which is why I'm a little bit more relaxed about the whole fireplace turning yellow scenario, which is from last week's Wallflower episode. Yeah, a Wallflower turned our whole fireplace yellow and the grout of my three, four-month-old backsplash in my kitchen. Pre-holy water home reno, this would be all I could think about. And I would be worrying and I would think about the worst case scenario. And now I'm so proud of myself because I'm like, you know what? No big deal. If we have to cover the furniture, oh hell, if I have to move my couch and my chairs out of that room for a day so they can acid wash the fireplace or repaint it or whatever we're doing, no big deal. Because any other house project that we have going on in the future is not going to be as strenuous or anxiety inducing like it was when we had to regut the house last year. You know, there were some good times and then there were just some like, oh my gosh, when is this going to be over? It's another person at my house. I mean, these guys, they were they were showing up every single day at 8 o'clock. And, you know, there were a lot of times where I would have to be home to meet Nick and another worker that he brought over because they needed my opinion or whatever. I mean, like, all of this to say that any other little thing we've got to do, any other job that involves my house is not going to be as insane like it was last summer. That's why I'm like, mm, pretty chill about the whole thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> which normally with my personality, like again, before the whole flooding happened, I would be dying right now. Ask Bible friend Lindsay. Three years ago, we had to have our ceiling repainted because of a, a like a water leak. And I mean, it's all I could talk about. My mom friends must have been like, shut the hell up because I couldn't even function. The fact that I had to have painters in my house and scaffolding and we had to cover everything. I'm surprised I still had friends after that crazy week in October of 2018. But I mean, who's counting? Who's keeping track anyway? So there's the episode for today. Um, I don't know. I'm glad that so many of you are still engaged and following me because it was really like the bulk of my content last summer was just like everything going on in the house and what we were doing. And I just appreciate so much that you guys have followed this whole process and my journey. And I love you for sticking around and tolerating my before and after pictures from today. But, you know, it was a, it was a pretty pivotal period in my life personally. Uh, so there we have it. That is the episode. I know that usually on Tuesdays, I kind of go over some of my favorite things. And I will end with this one snack that I found on Amazon through the brand Chalk Zero, which is very well known in the keto community. Yeah, they have some really great products. Um, but the double dipped almonds I found, and again, I'm not doing keto. I'm actually trying intermittent fasting. This is my day two. <laughs> I thought yesterday was the perfect day to start because I ate like a fat slob for Super Bowl. Like we just ate all day, all night. So yesterday I woke up and I'm like, I'm not hungry. I'm not, I'm not even going to be hungry all day because we ate so much crap the night before. Uh, but this is day two. So I'm trying to get used to the whole getting up in the morning and not eating until noon. If you are doing intermittent fasting, I would love to hear from you. Seriously. Like tell me what you're doing. When are your eating windows? Uh, you know, some people think I'm insane because I work out in the morning. So they're like, uh, are you going to pass out if you're not eating something after you work out? But not really. I mean, knock on wood, it's been okay. But getting back to this Chalk Zero, so good. Double dipped almonds in milk chocolate and coconut. You got to try them. The first person I thought of when I bought these was Brittany because whenever we go to Starbucks, it's like what she grabs is the chocolate dipped almonds. Three and a half servings per container. One ounce is 140 calories, 10 fat, three protein, 11 fiber, 14 carbs. So I did measure out what an ounce is and it's approximately seven, seven of the chocolate dipped almonds, which I think is, a, it's a good deal. Because if you're like me and you need something sweet after a meal, these are perfect. You can throw them in your in your bag. Um, they're individually wrapped. So you're getting two in a package and I just love them. And again, it's by Chalk Zero and I will put the link in my show notes. So that's going to do it. Thank you so much for letting me ramble on. Holy crap, this podcast is almost 20 minutes, a little over 20 minutes, uh, which is like, I never do this. <laughs> so thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you on Friday. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, I would love it if you would do that. You can catch me on the gram. Lisa Page made me do it. And also LP on the scene for my unsolicited opinions of what a trash fire country we're living in. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you on Friday for another riveting episode of the Lisa Page made me do it podcast. Bye.